On this episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, we continue Trome with me, Jessica Olsman, as we discuss The Toxic Avenger Part 3, The Last Temptation of Toxie from 1989. Welcome to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, a movie podcast that features hosts Brandon and Cullen discussing a film considered but not limited to being a cult classic. The episode you are listening to will include plot spoilers and may contain harsh language. Follow CC Cavalcade on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Listen to the show on cultcinemacavalcade.com, iTunes, and anywhere podcasts are found. You want good one? You should see my mother Tomoko's being destroyed, and all you can do is listen to his sentence tapes morning, noon, and night. Toxic Avenger! Delendus S! This is Cult Cinema Cavalcade. This is episode 77. This is Brandon, and as always with me is your co-hoster, the little devil, Cullen. I'm green and covered in snot. Let's go! And once again, trying her patience with the Toxic Avenger is Jessica Alsman. Thank you for having me. It's great to be back. Number three. Today we are here to discuss the 1989 film, The Toxic Avenger Part 3, The Last Temptation of Toxie. Cullen, what happens in the leftover footage from the last movie? Toxie finds he has nothing to do as a superhero as he has ridden the city of evil. He decides to go to work for a major corporation, which he discovers may be the evilest of all his adversaries. The Toxic Avenger Part 3, The Last Temptation of Toxie, is directed by Michael Hertz and Lloyd Kaufman, starring Ron Fazio, Phoebe Legere, Rick Collins, and Jessica Dublin. All right, everybody, welcome back to this third week in a row of Cult Cinema Cavalcade tackling the Toxic Avenger. So how is everybody feeling getting ready to go into a third film that you know is connected to that wonderful second film? It's it's really difficult to watch this without thinking what the movie was supposed to be. I don't know, the second one, I, I still had that, but the, I guess there was just, it just drowned in so much narration that it, like, I didn't think about it as much, whereas this one, there's, there's still a lot of narration, but it's it's less, and it's the whole time I'm just thinking, okay, what was supposed to go here, and oh, I see what they did there, instead of using this footage, they used this footage. Like, the whole time, it was like, I couldn't just enjoy the movie, it was like a critical analysis the entire time. Yeah, I did go into this movie looking for connections to that second film, and I even noticed reused footage, scenes even. Yeah, I was mistaken about the Dark Rider being in this one as well. I thought he was in both. That's my mistake. There's, 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 there's motorcycles in this, but there's no Dark Rider in this movie. I was afraid I missed him. <laughs> it makes me wonder just what the heck that was supposed to be in, in the first, or in the second movie, and why there was so much footage of it. And as I sit watching, I wonder what all of this was supposed to be put together as that one four-hour cut of the movie. No, it was even supposed to be longer. I listened. To, you know, I, I mentioned before we recorded that I listened to the commentary for the the third one, and this was a six-hour movie, like five or six hours. So it was, it was even longer than you think it was supposed to be. How? <sighs> what did they cut out? 
Oh my god. Oh well. I, I yeah. I just spent the entire movie. Half of your waking day. Yeah. Well, we we know that they don't. They didn't cut anything out. They re. I mean, like you said, Brandon. They reused stuff from the f- second movie in this one. Colin, did they say anything on that commentary about the title for this film? Because it got a subtitle, whereas the first one was just part two. Right. This one had the subtitle, The Last Temptation of Toxie, which is a play on The Last Temptation of Christ, one of the most controversial Mm -hmm. movies of all time that came out the same year as this Mm -hmm. film did. So I'm just wondering if this is a last minute attempt at putting something funny on there to be like trauma or... I mean, that's absolutely why they did it. It's They're just referencing that that movie. That's all it is. I don't know if they didn't really do it to piss anybody off it was just like this fits our movie so this is what we're gonna do not too far off both of them do feature the protagonist against the devil but we don't know he's the devil in the second movie and we don't know that most of the time in the last temptation either genius kaufman genius except the narration in the very beginning that i feel like they obviously filmed to try to make this one make sense maybe Mm -hmm. do they ever call him toxie Yeah, I, you know, I watched for this time, and I don't remember them calling him Toxie throughout the movie. I think it is only in that opening narration. And the closing narration, he's referred to as Toxie. Okay. I watched it with that in mind going in, and he's in the title. Lloyd Kaufman refers to him as Toxie, but yeah. once again, he's mostly Melvin. He's like, when we say Melvin, they don't know it's the Toxic Avenger. I don't think we need to, we just need to come up with something more catchy. How about Toxie? I think I'd rather be called Toxie than Melvin. Yeah. Even if my name was Melvin and I wasn't dunked in a vat of of radioactive waste. Colin, you know who has vats that are not filled with toxic waste, but full of comfortable H2O? (laughs) One Thomas Labrie. Hi, Tom Labrie with Night Comfort. When you purchase a waterbed from Labrie's Waterbed Warehouse, we make every effort to ensure your continuing satisfaction. So don't be surprised if a member of our staff should one day personally call on you to see that all is going well. We recently recorded one such visit, and this is Roy from our showroom to tell you about it. Thank you, Tom. Recently, the Sullivans were kind enough to allow us into their home to discuss the waterbed they purchased from us several months ago. Warren and Myrna Sullivan reside in a mobile home here in the Sacramento area. Warren, what advantages have you found in sleeping on a waterbed as compared to a conventional bed? Roy, I'm thoroughly pleased with my waterbed. Uh, I find that I, I sleep a lot better. I had a problem with sleeping with my side hurting me. Now I don't, and I sleep very uh, sound. Myrna, I noticed you folks selected a bed with storage underneath. Was there a particular reason for this? Yes, Roy, there sure was. Being in a mobile home, every bit of space is at a premium. This they designed two bedrooms. Many people are concerned about what they consider to be a weight problem when installing a king-size waterbed in mobile homes or older homes or on second floors. Warren, has this created any sort of problem for you? No, it hasn't, Roy. In fact, uh, I didn't have to put any extra braces or anything else under it, and it it, uh, can probably hold a lot more weight. Are there any comments either of you would like to make about actually buying your waterbed from Labrie? Oh, we had a great time down there. We tried out about every waterbed in the place. People were very hospitable. They offered us coffee and soft drinks, and they didn't high pressure us. Yes, this is true. There was no high pressure, and I, uh, I usually shy away from places where they do high pressure me. Just one more question. Are there any complaints about your waterbed? The only complaint is we can't keep our dog off of the bed. He loves it. <laughs> 
Well, I think I've taken enough of your folks' time. I certainly appreciate your allowing us to visit with you today. Thanks again, Mr. and Mrs. Sullivan, and thank you, Tom. And now, let's get back to the movie. The commentary did answer a lot of, I don't know about a lot, but it answered some of, of my questions. Like, remember how we watched uh, the, the other one, and we're like, hey, uh, why is Claire the name of this character? Turns out, that the character just changed so much that they just didn't feel it was right to give her the same name. <laughs> so that's why oh, it's Claire geez. instead. Like it's, it's, I guess it's the same character. I don't think Toxie met two different blind women and fell in love with them. She was just so radically different. Such a departure. They'll never buy it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, what else are you going to name her? She only goes by like Melvin's mom or Toxie's mom or, or whatever. She never has like her own name. I got nothing for that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Outrageous. Mother dear. <laughs> Once again, mine opens up with the logo, but didn't have the bow, wow, 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 trauma theme. I had the logo. And you watched them on Blu-ray, right? I watched it on Blu-ray. So what you're telling me is the Blu-ray copies are dog shit. Very good. They're made by Troma and dispersed by Lloyd Kaufman himself. Like just like walking in the streets, just like please buy it. What I think it is is the Blu-rays are the theatrical cuts of the film, mm -hmm. and not the home video cuts. Where they're what the film reel had yeah. on them, and then they add the Tromo logo with this music to the home video. When I pop in the Blu-ray, I do have that logo, and then the Lloyd Kaufman introduction that's unskippable, unfast-forwardable, that's unnecessary long, <laughs> begins, and then I hit play, and then it's that. I think like the the Amazon. <laughs> this is what people want to know: which versions are on which format. Hang on to your seats. Every Toxic Avenger episode, they're listening in, waiting for that logo discussion. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I believe on Amazon, part three is the R-rated version. Part two is the unrated version. But I watched them on the old DVDs and the tox box, and those are the unrated versions. But they're also four by three, so, oh. so you gotta take what you gotta take. I watched on YouTube. Uh, it was just the red and black. It was the trauma. I think the logo and everything, the fanciness mm -hmm. worked out okay. So I think it was. I think it was the yeah, the trauma stuff, the official. Right. I bet that if you watched it on Trauma's YouTube, that's probably the uncut version, the director's cut. I'm sure. There's there's a couple of scenes I know are going to be different, so we can figure that out. So stick around to see what version that Jessica watched. <laughs> Toxic Avenger three opens like we wanted to, the second one to open with narration, recapping the first two movies. It's got clips to show as well. We learned that. Evil has returned to Tromaville, and you are about to witness what may be the last temptation of Toxie. We open on a video store, which I always love old video stores and movies, looking at what's on the shelf, the posters on the wall, but this one's all full <laughs> of trauma. All trauma posters. Which is extra funny when we get to it, and I'll explain why. A car squeals in. It's got shark teeth on its grill. We get these very stereotypical rabbis who are the owner of the video store. They're trying to organize it. The dudes from the car get out, hold up the store, and of course, take to the women to try to accost them <laughs> during the holdup. <laughs> because it's Tromaville. And they're also in bikinis. 
looking at video rentals because yes. why not <laughs> when I go to pick out a video, I'm in a bikini. Sure. It's a hot day in New Jersey. Top and bottom. <laughs> <laughs> These guys want only the top 20 Apocalypse Inc. tapes in the store and people want variety in trauma movies. And the other guys say, screw trauma movies. And I got to say, I like this. This is some meta shit, but not screaming outright from Lloyd Kaufman. It's him talking about blockbuster video mm. And also, at this time in the late 80s, the big studios were starting to take away VHS distribution from early little companies. Because in the early days, they didn't see it as a profitable entity. And they'd sub-license their movies off to all these little companies to put them out on video. And then when it started booming with rentals and purchases, they started cutting contracts like this and pulling them and not allowing it and doing it on their own and funding blockbuster originally a lot of vhs and betamax movies were done by generic companies like good times video some of them stuck around but those who were putting out a-list titles and lloyd was part of that movement so i feel like this is him making a statement in a toxic avenger movie about something people at the time probably went over the head and didn't realize what he was doing and even today maybe don't but i picked up on a right way i was like holy crap He's giving a big fuck you to the movie studios and Blockbuster Video right here. If you watch the Troma movies, just about, I shouldn't say everything, but a lot of the stuff that Lloyd Kaufman directs there or writes has got a lot of stuff like that. That if you know what his politics are or his life, like, okay, Lloyd clearly has his fingers all over this. And, that, and that's one of those things. In Sergeant Kabuki Man, I cannot remember his name right now, but the villain of the movie looks like the head of the Film Academy. Okay. He, he was the head of that, and Lloyd hated that guy. <laughs> and the guy in that movie looked almost exactly like him. A woman gets blasted with a shotgun, and they begin just shooting up the place. Toxie shows up and stands in place next to a cardboard stand-up of himself that's in the the rental store, which apparently in this universe, the Toxic Avenger had a movie made off of him. <laughs> it fakes out a goon, and then he knocks him out, and he pulls his guts out, pukes milk, and Toxie says, You know, dude, you don't have much intestinal fortitude. Toxie jump ropes with his intestines. He then tosses another guy in the back. Horrible horrible music going during all this. Yeah. I'm like, what is playing? Toxie then strangles a dude with the intestine. He punches a guy. He spins. And then he wraps him with the tape from the Toxic Avenger VHS, followed by sticking his face in the tape eraser, which wipes his face clean. It's weird. <laughs> Another guy shoves his hand into a VCR, and he turns on the TV. <sighs> And then we watch the guy's hand get crunched up in that. And I'm like, that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. I appreciated it. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Right. By VHS. It, it, yeah. And then his arm cuts off and Toxie shoves his mop handle through the guy's head. And he tells people in the store that the Toxic Avenger is back. <laughs> and it, it, as far as we know, we're like, well, yeah, you've been around. What do you mean you're, you're, you're back? Like you just, What? You didn't just return from Japan. It's only been a few months since the last movie. I will say, compared to the last movie, this fight scene, restraint. Yes. Yes. Much, much better. Nobody else showed up to fight Toxie. It was just the guys in the car. It, only three or four of them. It, it sets a, an appropriate mood for the movie, and it's only a few minutes. 
Yeah. And what's great about this scene, well, there's a few great things about it, but Toxie is killing these these bad guys. And the entire time he's killing them, there are customers in here screaming and freaking out. Yes. They're seeing this person brutally murder other people. In front of the face, like, like, but they know who he is. So as long as you're not doing anything yeah. bad, they should be okay. But still, I guess you know it, it's a little bit frightening to see someone shove a mop through someone's head, and then like in, in the unrated version, I, we'll find out who watched what here in a moment. He 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 shoves that mop through the guy's head, and then he twists it off and pulls it off, and you see the whole thing. Yeah, I would have tried to leave by then or vomit, but they're just <laughs> cheering and sad and scared, but happy. So many emotions. Especially the, the woman jumping around in her bikini that, I mean, like. like I thought the bikini top saw... was going to come off. I thought I was like. Right? This... Like, yeah, it was close. I was like, is this going to fall we... off? It's ridiculous or. Well, we already saw like a fourth of her nipples <laughs> flopping around already. Like, okay, well, I mean, what are we doing here? Just pick a lane. Toxie gives us a narration and a flashback to which we need to say goodbye to this moment, this video store moment, which I thought we might return to later because it's where the story starts being told, but no. (laughs) He tells us he goes back to a time where he joined the forces of evil. He warns that it's a long, grueling story, which... uh... Yeah, I cringed there. I was like, what? Longer? Yeah, are you just going to show the second movie again? (laughs) So scared. (laughs) Accurate advertising if they did. It starts in the golden age of Tromaville. We get up to speed with his mom and him and Claire are engaged. Toxie is 25 in this, we find out. Sure. Oh, and we we also see the people in the horse carriage that got demolished in the last movie. There are a lot of people like that in this movie. He doesn't know what to do with no crime again. He's reduced to stopping old women cheating at cards and trying to get children to eat lima beans. Apparently, Claire went blind via a mouthwash incident, we find out. This is just so scatterbrained. Yeah. Toxie and Claire, we find they're on welfare, and Toxie checks the mail, and he gets a letter from a doctor that says Claire's blindness can be treated, and it costs $357,000. Claire then quickly decides she's okay with being blind. Toxie wants to do what he can to get the money. He joins the IRS, where he calls himself the Toxic Avenger, which I laughed. It's good. Yeah, it's good. They go to church where Claire's in the choir, gets down with all the blind singers. Toxie tells us he's been getting depressed and having nightmares, like one where he sees Melvin, pre-mutation, in a medicine cabinet with the fakest-ass buck teeth. This guy's teeth were, they hadn't brushed him in years, and the buck teeth were super white. Yeah. Like, he's in there instead of Mark Torgel, who played Melvin in the first one, and he was going to do it again, but he asked us for, like, a f- few more dollars like 50 more dollars or it wasn't like a huge amount and they said fuck you and they hired this guy instead this red-headed jerry lewis oh wow i didn't know which melvin i hated more in a, in a good way <laughs> mark Toggle's the uh crispin glover of the toxic avengers series. <laughs> did he sue him for footage he appeared in at the beginning well yeah and that's another thing that's so dumb that we see him before the transformations it's clearly a different person than what we get before like uh, and it shows I you what understand. he thinks of Mark Torgel. He added boils and moles into his face to the new guy. Yeah, they, they're like the boils and stuff that was on the PUS guy in the second movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
thought they reused him. Homo wimp geek! Toxic goes to grab him, and they wind up in some high up dimension thing where they can look down on all the land. And Toxie wakes up and asks Claire for his blankie. And she pulls it between his legs and he sucks his thumb and she plays the accordion. Oh, what a night. What the hell was was, was wrong with her? He, he has this nightmare, which is kind of a running theme about someone being on a mountain and offering everything in front of them. And, and we can get more into that in a bit. But when he wakes up, he wakes up Claire and... I don't know. I've never had this reaction where I just start thrashing around as I'm waking up. <laughs> it's like it's like she was being fucked by a ghost for some reason. I don't know what the, what was wrong with her. She does that a lot. This movie, every move she makes is very hip thrusting, screwing motion. The the last movie she wasn't around that much because Toxie was in Japan a lot. But oh boy, do you notice it here? Ooh. Mm-hmm. When did she learn the accordion? Before the blindness. Did this happen in part two? Did they ever show her being musical or mute? Yeah. They danced. They did dance. They, yeah. But if she didn't have an accordion there, that's just part of Phoebe Legere. Ugh. Honestly, like like everything that you see Claire do, that's just Phoebe Legere. That's just her. That's just her personality. She's not acting at all. Just Google her. <laughs> that's most of her pictures that pop up. They're not from this movie, but they have her holding an <laughs> accordion. Yeah. That sucks. I didn't like seeing Toxie being such a pussy, though. Oh, sorry, that sounds vulgar. But yeah, all wimpy, sucking his thumb. It's like, oh, buddy, you're toxic. Yeah. You fart lightning and stuff. <laughs> it's going to be okay. Yeah, at this point, it's like, your self-confidence should be pretty high. Yeah. Everybody likes you. You have someone that loves you. and Buddy you've... wants to kill. <laughs> <laughs> his bloodlust cannot be sated. The five families of Apocalypse Inc. are meeting again and talking their bullshit. Same stuff. Feels like no different from the last movie. And I swear it's the same scene, but maybe alternate takes or yes. line readings from the table guys. Well, there's, there's the one guy that looks like Biz Marquis that is just super excited about like polluting everything. Like, a new record! Like, it's the, and it's the exact same footage as in the first one. They just intercut the chairman looking at him. Yes, right. And that's it. It was almost as if two guys edited the same scene and they used both. Well, they don't show all of the the five families here, but they do show most of it. But at least, you know, in the first one, or the, I keep saying the first one, I shouldn't do that because it's the second damn movie. But in the, in the first part of part two, I guess that's kind of accurate. They explained like why they're polluting. You know, so they can, like, sell the, the domes, that they'll destroy the ozone and sell these domes to put over cities and stuff like that. This one, they're just talking about how much they love polluting everything. And there doesn't seem to be any plan past, let's destroy the environment. Yeah, Cigar Face was back, though, talking about ALS again. <laughs> Same scene. Different take. It's, it absolutely is. The chairman then addresses them, and he's going for something bigger, of course, he wants Toxie and Tromaville, and we get more of Toxie and Claire hanging out, playing video games, the accordion, blah, 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 Apocalypse Inc. So these women tramp around this spiral stairway. The chairman's like up at the top. He's grumpy and Malfair. Hey, that's the woman's name from the last movie from Apocalypse Inc. It's Malfair. They didn't say her name. I caught it here. <laughs> they forgot to edit that one or put that one in the second one. <laughs> Or the first one. No, yeah. wait, the first of the second. Jeez, you know what I mean. Right, yeah, exactly. The first part of this We're all- film. <laughs> the Toxic Avenger Part 2, Part 1 of this storyline. Yes. 
Malfair and the chairman devise that they need to get the Toxic Avenger to work for them. So they surmise that they will dangle the eye operation for Claire in front of him. And then the chairman gets blindfolded and shoots a guy downstairs with a shotgun. <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. Toxie contemplates suicide, but backs off, jumping in front of a truck. He then discusses with Claire the chemicals have taken over his life and that he only has a half-life. Claire gives him a letter from Apocalypse Inc., and he wants her to read it for him, and she just kind of holds it to her head and bullshits it. It's it's not real. Because she's blind, because she can't read. <laughs> yeah, they didn't send it in because Braille. She have, <laughs> yeah. She didn't get daredevil powers from the... Uh, mouthwash that splashed in her eyes <laughs> oh i want that <laughs> toxie reads it and sees it's a job opportunity to be the apocalypse inc spokesperson so he shows up at apocalypse inc to meet with the chairman they go over his resume which the chairman is at the top of that stairway again toxie's at the <laughs> bottom and he uses the force to summon the resume up to him because mm-hmm. it floats up the chairman offers him to help revive Tromaville. He then floats Melvin up, shows him a hellish-looking vision of a metropolitan version of Tromaville. Look out there, Melvin. More than you've ever dreamed of. A proud, shining world with a Porsche in every driveway. Chicken McNuggets in every pot. And you, oh, you, Melvin, smack dab in the middle of it with more than you've ever wished for. Loved by millions the world over. You'll be more popular than the Beatles and Elvis combined. In the end, he offers him the job in a suitcase with $357,000 in it. He says, buy something nice for your girlfriend, something she's had her eye on. Oh, you devil. If I only knew. There's a donkey head guy there, right? Like a jackass, literally? Yes. There there are multiple people in this movie that just have animal faces. It's never explained. Oh, like the dog guy from the last one. Oh, he's here too again. Yeah, and there's more on top of that. Do you want to know why that they're in this movie? It's because the one of the guys that did the special effects just like making masks. Oh, so <laughs> that's why they're in this movie. It wasn't even the it wasn't the head guy. It was just one of them. We got a guy that could do so, masks. Let's work it in. Yeah. It just sometimes less is more. Why the hell it's just there's too much shit going on just during so many parts of this movie. And I can think of another one when the mayor speaks. We'll get to that later, but it just that is one of the faults, I think, of some trauma movies where there's just so much shit going on. It's like if someone with ADD tried to make a fucking movie where you just cannot keep your attention, so they throw a bunch of shit in there. It, it, it's, you know, it, it's the movie equivalent of rattling your keys in front of a baby's face to keep their attention. That's what that shit is. <laughs> when Melvin goes to sign his contract, the chairman pricks his finger so he bleeds on the contract, and he then tells him to get rid of the mop. Toxie is taking a shit when his mom shows up. The, the, and the sh- same shit scene from the second movie because why yeah. not recycle that excellent footage, right? Yes. Right? People responded very well. He shows off all his stuff from his new job at the doctor. Claire's on the bed. Spread eagle. Like, wow. Toxie doesn't want to leave her for his first day of work, but she, the doctor, and the mom insist it's fine for her to do her surgery. Yes. Yeah, she- oh. 
Sorry, yeah. just her being spread eagle in that camera shot. I was like, is this supposed to be just her camel toe? Because that's all I'm looking at. Hello. Yeah. Hi. It's another scene of her humping a ghost. Yeah. She really wanted to show off those hips or something. I don't know. And she's in like the, the ballet looking outfit still in a hospital bed ready for surgery. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't wear her, uh, her her rose bra. And when I say rose bra, I mean, she, there, it looks like there's an enormous blooming flower on each one of her nips. <laughs> <laughs> She's good. That, that's for home. That's for casual wear. When she goes to the hospital, she tones the whore yeah. clothes down. Mayor Cigar Face. Boy, he got a quick promotion. He announces the new leader at a press conference for Apocalypse Inc. to introduce Toxie to Tromaville. People are booing. They're unhappy. The chairman unleashes his plan on the people. Toxie then starts feeling guilty because he didn't realize the agenda of taking over and enslaving the people of Tromaville. Dumbass. <laughs> and like during this whole scene, the chairman is give, you know saying the things are going to happen to the town. And there's just this muscular woman that was in the first, the, the, again, part two, part one. And she's the whole time just flexing like who? Have, <laughs> have the filmmakers never seen a speech before? No one just stands up there and just fucking shows off their guns for five minutes. And it's literally his entire speech. There's just some woman just flexing yeah. right next to him not even in the background fucking right next to him he could reach out and touch her incredibly muscular shoulder they're like look tough the entire time just look tough that works whatever (laughs) just keep doing that the whole time the people already hate me so what i want to happen i want you to flex up there to try to intimidate them the entire time (laughs) oh and also we have a superhero of superhuman size and strength next to me because that's not distracting enough let's have you just show off how ripped you are oh my god (laughs) we see the town suffering and being forced into labor and bullied by the apocalypse inc goons and some workers toxie helps the apocalypse inc people by trying to help people go to the seminars in the hospital claire's having her bedpan dumped as she has a bandaged head and the doctor then begins unwrapping the bandages and she sees the doctor who's this like handsome guy looks like jeff gordon am i right (laughs) kind of looks like jeff gordon Gordon. yeah (laughs) like early jeff gordon yeah no yeah yeah it's absolutely dr jeff gordon (laughs) doctor she sees him and screams thinking it's melvin he then points melvin out and she's smitten calling him beautiful at home claire's obsessing over everything with her new sight she sees a picture of ben franklin that's Benjamin Franklin. He's my hero. Yeah, when did that start? <laughs> what? What? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, you see, like, is that like, is that important, or what? What are we doing here, <laughs> movie? <laughs> so they end up having a bone sesh, which Claire insists on keeping the light on so she can see everything. She calls his dong <sighs> his love machine, and I think this is just a more detailed version mm-hmm. of the love scene from the previous film. Oh, it absolutely Maybe. is. This time with bubbles and fireworks as Toxie finishes? <laughs> I, I th- well, yeah. Like- oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just like, that thing, was, it was ridiculous. And I thought Toxie's arms didn't have any makeup on them. And I'm like, did they forget to put makeup back on his arms for this scene? Because it looked like they were just normal buff arms. Like, not even green. Stuntcock doesn't put makeup on his arms. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you're right. It looks like someone just rubbed their hands in the dirt, put their, uh, their hand on his arm. Like, all right, that's enough. 
Like this could have. I wouldn't be surprised if this was like during the end of the day, and he sweat all the makeup off. But yeah, it, it it does just look like he has some like he just like brushed up against a dirty wall. Like ah, that's enough. That's good. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But you know when I. It's absolutely reused footage because I I, I remember a blowjob scene when I see one. <laughs> and like her head bobbing up and down underneath the blankets. That's absolutely from the second one. And when, when I saw those sparks, because like they're humping and sparks fire out of their crotches. And I just think. Somebody could have like, got burned. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If it's that dry, just just stop. Or or lubricate. One or the other. It's not worth burning down your house. Just stop. Yeah, the sheets don't catch on fire. Interesting. Good point. They probably have to. I, I bet they have asbestos sheets that don't catch mm. on fire. Good call. Oh, jeez. Well, then you got some other problems. If, if he if he can eat Drano, then I'm sure that, that everything in that room is highly toxic and that Claire is on her way to having lymphoma. Yeah. There's just no way she around She has it. months to live. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if she's in part four. <laughs> At the grand opening of the landfill, Toxie gets to cut the tape, and while he works one day, because he's in his office and you take note, he owns the art of the deal on the table. It's pointed out. He's too cool for school now with his gator polo shades and headphones. Claire's worried he's not doing New Jersey talk when he's talking to her. And he leaves for the day. We then see more of the town and how people are being treated and how it's more and more toxic. Toxie says he's become a toxic yuppie on the fast track. Claire confronts Toxie about what's going on and how he's part of the problem. Toxie gets upset as Claire gives an impassioned speech. What about all the people who counted on you to clean up evil? What about all the kids who believed in you? What about all those people in Real 9 of the first movie who stood up for you? What about the messengers, Melvin? You're their hero. What about all those marvelous people out there in the dark? What about your favorite patriots, Melvin? Is life so dear, or peace so sweet, as to be purchased at the price of slavery? I know not what course others may take, but as for me... Give me liberty or give me death! Toxie storms out, goes to the junkyard to collect his thoughts on everything. He has some traumatic visions of the young Melvin self and the, the chairman, and we also get a recap of moments <laughs> we just saw. <laughs> yeah, the beginning, of the, the beginning of the movie is like three minutes or so, and it recaps the first two movies. Okay, great. And then there's a recap of this movie in the middle of the whole fucking movie. Is it just in case someone didn't rewind the VHS when they go to rent it? They're like, I, we don't want to miss out on what the, the beginning had. Let's I, show them again. Uh, in case they rent it and the tape's all eaten up. I mean, like, how high do they expect the audience to be that they can't remember 20 <laughs> minutes ago? There's this nude woman also with this glowing body paint at the landfill dancing and just it's long. <laughs> I don't know what it is. It helps Toxie realize that He's very wrong. They're on the, the, the top of the mountain again where the chairman, he recites the, the line of Satan talking to Jesus and saying, you know, I, I offer all of you everything you see. And, that, you know, Toxie finally realizes, wait a minute, you're the devil. <laughs> he returns home, wakes up Claire to tell her he was right and apologizes. Toxie then begins cleaning up the town to the approval of the townspeople. He returns the dogs to some kids and the ADR and it's like, 
an adult obviously trying to do a kid voice. Thank you for saving my dog, Toxie. Here's your doggy, good junior citizen. Toxie confronts the chairman, who reminds him he has a deal. And a contract is a contract. He says he doesn't care. He wants them out of Tromaville. The townspeople gather around Toxie. The chairman then goes into a spasms, shooting green blood out and creature bursts from his stomach. It's the devil! He has like maggots and worms coming out of his mouth. And he, once he's out, he knocks over Toxie and some townspeople. And the townspeople, they have spasms on the ground. Is that like the trauma death, Cullen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The violent. When people are on the ground flailing around... Yes, at the throw a twitch. The devil then challenges him to a video game? He's like, you like video games? And he tells him he's going to show him the five levels of doom. Which is the game that Taxi played earlier in the game. Huh? Oh. Earlier, earlier in the movie, not earlier in the game. Sweet hell. God. Anyway. Um, <laughs> how, how, what, what did you guys think about this transformation from the chairman to the devil? <laughs> Be- well, it's just like... What? But it was goopy, gross, and my gosh, someone really had those maggots and stuff in their mouth. Yeah. Because those were live mm-hmm. maggots. It was a real mouth. Really? Ooh. Oh. I was like, yeah. nice effects, because that's gross. No. Ugh. That's real. The the guy that was pooped out of the chairman, <laughs> that's the guy that put all the crap in his mouth. Sick. Yeah. But like when I watched it, I, w- I was thinking about what you said uh, Jessica about the first movie about Melvin's transformation into the Toxic Avenger like get on with this already like why do we need to watch, see so much of this shit like we and this is even worse because there's not like a passage of time where he you know multiple locations it's just one place and it's just someone thrashing around with a bunch of goop all over them and lots and, of reaction shots <laughs> right well it's not an interesting transformation it's just a guy coming out of a body and it's the same part of that happening from different angles yeah and really slow. It's not like, oh, now his arms forming, and then this is happening, and this his face is changing. It's not like that. It's just, it's just a guy crawling up yeah. from a hole that's <laughs> obviously under a some let, sort of table, yeah, or yeah like a false floor, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, taking forever. Yeah, like it needs to be like five, six shots, and then like, okay, the, the devil's here now, and that would have been great. That would have been fine. What was great about watching this commentary was there uh, there were editors with. Lloyd, as Lloyd Kaufman, the director of the movie and, and writer, they were editors like in the early 2000s. So styles had obviously changed. And they were sitting there talking to him. It's like, yeah, this is a little long. And like all the editors like, this is too long. There's so many scenes where this like needs to be tightened up, man. And like Lloyd, like really admits like, yeah, perhaps it was a bit long. Like, yeah, cut some stuff. Yeah, didn't have to see. They're like, we want to make sure that they know that this guy came out of this guy. Don't don't go away because then they might think it's two guys, but it's the same guy. Mm-hmm. It's like let's just watch all of it. We took the time to film it. It's making the film. <laughs> but it, <laughs> this is what I want, though. Not like this long transformation, but it's Toxie versus another supernatural yeah. being. Mm-hmm. I I do like I do like that. Yeah, and that this devil is green instead of. Uh, I, I didn't think about it, but some people traditional have said, red. Well, yeah, some people have said that to him, like, "Whoa, why did you use red instead of green? Was it to save money because of the the cost of the makeup or something?" <laughs> like, that makes no, sense. we just. Well, yeah, and, he, and it's just no. We just wanted to do something different, so he's green, and that's all there is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
That's the way like so many trauma effects are. Most well, Toxic Avenger, Toxic Waste Green, it's all over. Yeah. The devil fits this. I didn't think about it till later on. Like, oh yeah, he's not red, but yeah. Well, yeah. that's the way so many trauma effects are. Where like, ooh, what was this? This is unusual. There's got to be some kind of deep like secret thing behind it. It's like, no, we just wanted to do it. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Make up something. Right. <laughs> what does it yeah. symbolize? But I guess it's toxic waste. You're right. It, it, that's probably what it is. It's fitting. The toxic waste that's in open barrels. Still in this movie. Years have gone by. <laughs> toxic waste disposal has not been improved at all. They just sit open on the back of a truck. <laughs> Ready or not, here we go! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, level one! Earth! Toxie gets sucked into the ground. He then pops his head up, and Malfair pays a guy to run his head over with a lawnmower. I'll give you a thousand dollars to run that guy over! Wait, the budget for this movie is only two million. Thirty. Thirty dollars! I'll give you thirty dollars to run over that guy! But it's like a lawnmower thing. It's got a big saw. It was like a table it. saw lawnmower. Yeah. yeah. It was like a like a weed whacker from hell with wheels. <laughs> Maybe cut down a tree with that, mowing the lawn. You know you know what they could have cut down? This scene. Yes. That would have oh, been yeah. super. Because it takes what feels like an eternity <laughs> for this, yeah. this weed whacker lawnmower whatever thing to go over to Toxie. And there's this super repetitive song playing too that I didn't write the name of it down because I wanted to forget it, but it just goes on and on. It's like, we get it! Just chop his fucking head off! <laughs> he runs him over, and we see that Toxie has caught the blade in his teeth. He spits it out. The devil then says, We're up to level two! <laughs> A personal favorite of mine. Fire! <laughs> the devil engulfs himself in flames, and then shoots Toxie with a flame, so they're both engulfed in flames. Tromoville people extinguish Toxie with water, but they don't have enough for the devil. Which, why are they going to... I put him out. Well, they were worried that he was going to burn down the town, uh, apparently. Okay, fair enough. You win, good people, Tromoville. Toxie then pisses on him to put him out. He says, come out of that tutu, John Henry. Whatever that means. <laughs> the devil spits out the pee. Now I'm pissed. The best continuity in these movies is the size of Toxie's dong. <laughs> right? Because, like, remember in the first one, there's that enormous, frightening stream that comes yes. out of him. It's and this is hose. no different. Yeah. I said it in the first one, I'll say it again. It's like a fire hose. And yeah, it, it probably actually was a fire hose. Right, but it is absolutely no different. Like, like I'm surprised Claire can walk with the stream that we see. <laughs> I don't. Okay, so I don't understand the whole level two with fire. Was it who could put themselves out or who could handle the fire the longest? You got questions it. about level two. I'm going to ask about level three next. <laughs> oh yeah, but there's we got all kinds of questions. At least he said level two fire, and there was fire. Yeah. Right. I think the challenge was just don't die from the fire, and thankfully. Those Tromaville residents had buckets of water with them. We don't see them get the water. They just stand around and have buckets of water to help Toxie. Yeah, they should have got some holy water from the church and threw it at the devil. You're but right. Hey, whatever. Yeah, I mean, the, the damn headquarters or new headquarters of Apocalypse Inc. is an old church. You're telling me they don't have any holy water sitting around? Bullshit. Yeah, but he was hanging there the whole time and it never bothered him. 
Ah, yeah. who knows? I'm going to show you wind. Children are getting loaded onto a school bus by the devil, and some jackass-faced woman smoking's right there helping them. The devil then drives the bus with Toxy chasing on foot, and there's some Tromaville Junior High party, and the devil plows through the party, not running over a single person, though. And somehow Claire and his mom are there watching. All the goons watch there as well. The bus goes backwards, floating up a cliff, and then just sits there. The devil pops up next to Toxie below. He says, if Melvin gives up now, the kids will live. To which he says, never! <laughs> so, never the kids living or never the bus falling? I don't know. <laughs> Toxie then jumps up the hill to the bus, trying to open the back door as Malfair fires a shotgun up at him. They all get out just before the devil makes the bus fall and it lands on Malfair, which does a Wicked Witch of the East joke with her feet rolling up under yes. it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the devil fixes the bus after that. Don't know why. That's it. What What was level three? Was it air? Because it was like hanging there. Air? Level three is wind. The, the challenges oh. that Toxie has to defeat, fire, water, wind, earth, and whatever the fifth one is, which we don't know. So apparently- I guess it's just the wind that carries the bus up the cliff. And then <laughs> when you said Toxie jumped up the cliff, let's say what it actually is. <laughs> a mannequin is thrown over the side and they just reverse the film. <laughs> so you see, like, the, you see the stuffing and all this stuff fly out of Toxie's head as he's going back up the cliff. Uh, maybe that's why they plugged it on the resume. It was like a special skills leaping relatively... Was it leaping high over tall buildings with a running start? So maybe that's right. what he did. <laughs> or reverse. It's yeah. reverse film. <laughs> his, his superpowers are the editor need, <laughs> just does what he needs to do. This next level of doom is a doozy. <laughs> Water! The devil drives the bus off. Toxie jumps on the hood and they drive into a fantasy acres and he drives into this big puddle and the bus lands there and it just explodes. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. It's a mud bog, and somehow the bus making contact with water makes it explode. Hilarious. <laughs> sure. And and it has... But what do you think of that dummy that was on the front of the bus that was supposed to be toxic? <laughs> that was so funny. Was it, that was even worse than the one that got thrown over the cliff. It's like it was like just a bunch of dirty bags filled with tube socks that was strapped onto a bus. Somehow Claire and the mom and other people are watching this. Do they just keep teleporting yes. everywhere? Okay. <laughs> Toxie emerges from the water. He says it's an old sumo trick. Call back to the second one. Toxie wanders over to the devil. I bring you, courtesy of hell, the final level of doom, the mind is a terrible thing to waste. And I am going to waste your... <laughs> Toxie then begins smoking, smoke coming out of him, and then starts seeing boils build up and burst on him, and he keeps oozing, kind of like melting. It's a pretty awesome little right. thing, yeah. This this was another point where the editors said like this is good but a little bit less <laughs> tighten it up because <laughs> it does it does go on a while after he completely melts it all starts reversing and he becomes Melvin 
like he falls and he's gone and then stuff starts forming into this new person and it's M- Melvin pre-toxy form and he's in a leotard and a tutu that has spewed blue goo on it something like that his mom says oi vey you look just like your father and he tries to strangle the devil and hit him but it's wait where is his father did his father like oh i'm back no well they must have filmed that last <laughs> yeah the part with mac junko was clearly supposed to happen after this fight with the devil but now claire grabs a shotgun and Satan makes her blind again and starts randomly shooting the shotgun off. People are in shock and horror at this. Melvin strangles his mother as people watch. The devil like taunts him at home. Claire is searching for the contract. The devil then boasts Melvin's failure to the people of Tromaville. She finds the contract in the head of the mop. The townspeople then turn on the devil and telling him they're fed up and tired of him with all the bad shit in their town. I, I, I like that the, the townspeople stood up for Toxie. I mean, it's like what happened yeah. at the end of the first one, but I don't know. I, I like that they like spoke directly to the devil and said, like, we're tired of you. I like, I like that more than just a big gross mayor. They say if he wants Toxie, he has to go through them first. Claire and the mom then show up with the contract. They recite an escape clause in the agreement that nulls and voids it for Toxie. The devil laughs it up. A delivery guy brings an urban message for Melvin, apparently from God. Yeah, an angel. It's apparently from God. And all the bad guys freak the fuck out and scatter as this diamond shine sky happens it rains and melvin begins shaking the smoke appears turns into a negative and then toxic comes back and he says now i'm back and i feel like kicking some devil ass the devil is now frightened and he tries to flee but toxic picks him up and slams him around <laughs> toxic rips his outer skin from his body and we see the discrepant innards of him and he rips off his head and he chucks it and we cut to the japanese david letterman guy on the street in japan showing off some sort of bald spray it's like it's gonna thing. be some kind of like hair hair regrowth spray is my assumption yeah the devil's head lands on the bald guy's head and the letterman guy goes like oh crap and he puts more spray on there <laughs> the healing rain that you were talking about you yeah th- you think like oh that's some kind of neat thing that they planned nope it was raining that yeah, day that's absolutely right? what it was it was just raining that day and it's like well we can't not shoot so now it's part of the movie that's so funny. I will tell you, though, that Japanese David Letterman guy joke, the payoff, oh, man, second movie, worth it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's the, th- that's the thing about this movie that you really don't need to watch the second one at all. Like, it's referenced a couple of times, but other than that, it really doesn't add anything to this movie. The town is now happy, celebratory. We get cut to Toxie and Claire getting married. And he says, I now pronounce you meh, monster and wife. <laughs> As they suck face, everybody says, aww. The two walk down the aisle. Toxie narrates, so me, my mom, and Claire walked off into that toxic sunset, and then the credits roll as some, like, Bon Jovi knockoff ballad Toxic Avenger song Yes, played. I thought that was John Bon Jovi. I was like, did they get him for this because it's Jersey? <laughs> it sounded oh just like it. It was a cover band that did <laughs> some Bon Jovi tribute. Yeah, let's yeah, think. Like, ima- like, imagine that awesome rockin' theme from the second one, but it's not as good, and 
it's a like you said a Bon Jovi knockoff made it. It is <sighs> wanted. It, it, yeah, toxic alive. It reminded me of Billy Madison, where the guys at his party is like Billy passed the third grade. Oh, what a glorious day! Gotta finish it. <laughs> yeah, no, because uh, it's like you're right, a like, hero, toxic. So weird. Which the Toxic Avenger theme only plays as like a background thing in the me- beginning. You never really get that toxic. Yeah, Part that's a disappointment. Like, like I, I, I understand. Like, we paid for the music; we're going to use it. That's kind of how this felt. And thankfully, it was at the end of the movie because this is not an opening song. Because it's just, I don't want to say it. It sounds like it's kind of a downer. Like, there's just no energy to it, right? I thought it was cheesy. I laughed at the. I enjoyed it for what it was. The knockoff Bon Jovi stuff. Found it funny. I didn't think it was a downer. I just laughed. I took it for a, the cheese factor. Maybe I was. Maybe I was just sad. Still, about part two. Maybe Probably. that's what it was. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether you guys sat through the credits, but it was late at night, so I just decided to do it. And they have credits in here that say like toxic lawyer. Toxic accountant, toxic uh, craft services, just uh, just a row of stuff like that. <laughs> and instead of cast, it says people who were in this movie. <laughs> and then later in the credits, it said people who were not in this movie. And it has like three famous people names. And like, I think like maybe Robert De Niro or something. I cannot remember the names. They're, <sighs> they're three, like Glenn Close, I think is one of them. That's funny. And like at the end, it said, uh, you know, all rights reserved. And then underneath it, all lefts must be made from far left lane. What? Uh, they're, they're having fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's just kind of the random wackiness of a trauma movie translates surprisingly well to the credits. I like that. They're not too serious, obviously. Yeah. Cl- yeah. We did see the movie that came before the credits. Yeah. We saw Spark shoot out of a crotch. They're not that serious. <laughs> I had an issue with Claire's hips the entire movie. She was always just trying to hump the air, hump some, even in church. A little too sultry yeah. for my taste. Great yeah. fun voice, but I was like, what are you doing? Like the whole time she's just like rubbing her skin and stuff. And her eyes are super wide. I just thought, is Claire on ecstasy? Because that's the only explanation that makes sense. I wonder if that's what they cut out. Like the devil was going to come out of her too somehow. <laughs> like the exorcist. <laughs> but they're like, no, we don't have enough time. We'll cut well, that. I, I'm sure it would have come out of her butt or her front. She would I'm have to sure rub it out would... her front. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. She's dressed like it. Was that not the whorish, the, the most whorish wedding dress you've ever seen in your life? Yes. And it, it's her personal taste or whatever. But if I see someone dressed like that, like, oh, you, you're a sex worker. That's what you are. Because she's got like the, the garter belts and her skirt is so short in every scene <laughs> that you can see her underwear underneath. It's like a sneak preview the whole time. Like, just so you know, this is more or less what my crotch is like. Just so you know. I just, I'm just a- waiting for her to get naked half the time. Like, you know what? she? Yeah, like she's teasing, but she never actually gives you too much. You get some nips and boobs when they're, you know, boning through the fireworks yeah. or whatever, but meh. Yeah, like like if, if you're self-conscious about being naked, then why are you 85% naked the whole fucking movie? Why would you ever let a camera angle just be staring right up your garage? But then again, trauma. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. Yeah, like, like Phoebe Legere's vagina should get like fourth billing in this movie. It's in it so much. 
there was one scene where she was like bent over and her ass was just bam. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you're Whoa. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, Toxie I mean, was... you're a straight male like me. <laughs> no, Toxie is reading the, the offer from Apocalypse Inc., I think. And they're in the kitchen and she is just leaning over the table and her ass is just fully in the air. It is the star of the it... scene. And it's got those like long, like those, the old, oh, the, the, what is the high hipped underwear? Is that what you're talking about? Yes. The long ass yeah. underwear. <laughs> yes. Where, where the underwear looks like it adds like eight inches onto your butt in length. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Phoebe Legere, she eventually quit this movie. A lot of people eventually quit this movie. Oh, wow. Like the, um, the, the woman, like at the beginning of the movie with the VHS store where the, the, the guy, like the first guy that dies, he lands like in this woman's crotch and he twitches around. She quit the next day because of that. And, and like Phoebe Legere quit. She hates Lloyd Kaufman. One of the reasons that she hates him is because she claims the legs on Claire for the poster for the second movie are actually her legs. Even though it's clearly, you know, the, the person that's drawn, it's not her. It doesn't look anything like her, but she has this thing. It's like, those are my legs. That's her so- line? That's what bothered her? That was one of the things. Yeah. <laughs> so so she she quit. She did like ADR work afterwards, you know, just to, to wrap the movie up. But there are some scenes where Claire is in the distance. It's not a close-up. It's just someone else with a wig and the ridiculous oh, wow. outfit. Yeah. So there, there, there's multiple people quit and were fired from this movie. There was another, you know, we, we talked about in the last one that John Altamura, he mm-hmm. was originally Toxie and he was fired because uh, he was a dickhead mm-hmm. and a prima donna. There's another guy in this movie, which is you know, technically the same movie, but like when the bus, the school bus is crashing into that picnic, there was a guy that was like in the way of the bus. He jumps out of the way and he tried to do some kind of crazy stunt on his own. He's not a stunt person. He just decided to do it. And you don't even see it on the camera. So he risked his life for no fucking reason. And, oh, man. And, you know, they find out about that. Like, no, you're fired. Get out of here. You're dangerous to the people on set. The trauma movies, they have these rules. And the number one rule is safety to all people on set. And if you break that rule, you're fucking out. It's not even a discussion. So there's just all kinds of just crazy shit like that that happens in this movie. You know what else is crazy is following this movie, they took the property for kids Mm -hmm. with the Toxic Crusaders cartoon, which that's just weird. But I have to remember we had Rambo cartoons and every kid loved RoboCop. So it's a different era. Yeah, There was a RoboCop cartoon and sold action Mm -hmm. figures for it. These are R-rated movies and Toxie's maybe the most extreme of it because these movies feature lots of rapes, boobies. Yeah. It's just sold to kids, but it's, I can see it. Like he's- you could make a cartoon out of him and kid friendly, but the yeah. Toxic Crusaders was only 13 episodes, short lived. But I remember right. watching it yeah. when I was a kid. I went back to it and it is Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. It is exact same animators and you can see characters through them. Like I see April O'Neil's boss being used. Huh. I've seen Bebop and Rocksteady in different forms. The Rat King is the main villain. It's just done differently. There's a lot of the same mm-hmm. art. It's weird because. People were hand drawing these back then. It's not like a computer where there's like some sort of base template. There's like, I guess, hand drawn templates. The music's similar. They even reused sewer backgrounds. That's so funny. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, I don't want to say a cash grab. That's not completely accurate, but it was just another way for them to generate money. And that's what that cartoon was. That's all it was. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, why they made two movies. 
That's, uh, it was, a, that's it was, a good right. point. They want to try to do action yeah. figures, maybe. But how do we get action figures sold? We got to get the kids to like it. Let's do right. a cartoon. Right. Yeah. That works. Hmm, adults didn't buy action figures back then. Right. The the uh, I mean that's how the original Ninja Turtles cartoon came about because they were just going to make action figures, and then Playmates said, "Hey, if you want to really sell these things, we should make a cartoon with it." So then they made a cartoon of it. I think that's kind of what happened here. Where they it's reverse he man yeah yeah mm-hmm. exactly yeah <laughs> uh yeah the stuff with uh, like how Melvin acts like you know his voice and how the characters look they kind of redid that to make it a little more friendly a little more mainstream because back then they were still trying to cater to like the studios and trying to play the game before they really just said you know fuck this, we're going to do whatever we want. So that's why the deaths are not as violent. I mean, they're still violent, obviously, but they're like cartoonishly violent. And that's one of the things that Lloyd regrets that like we should have just like gone for it and said, you know, fuck the MPAA, we'll do what we want. But they were did this so they could get an R rating. And that's why the director's cut and the R rated version, they're not that much different. There's only like a minute of difference between them. They All they did was tone down some of the kills. And that's really it. That's a lot of the time with horror. It's a matter of seconds. I just It's funny. David Lynch is wild at heart. Guy blows his head off with a shotgun. And the MPAA got on him about that. So for the final cut of the film, he trimmed like an unnoticeable amount of frames from it. But add this like smoke filter onto the image. So it looked like there's mm-hmm. smoke going around. And then and there's people mad because this Blu-rays come out. And they don't include that in the cut. And they have the R-rated version of the cut, which has the smoke. But... There was an unrated way back in the DVD days that had the actual scene, but they look barely any mm. different. And it's a split seconds worth of difference. And people freak yeah. about it. I'm like, come on. That smoke is not even hiding anything. It's hilarious that people get mad about yeah. it. Yeah, horror and stuff. It's just when it's uncut and it's only a minute, I'm like, dude, it's frames <laughs> being back added to it. Yeah. Chill. And an extra long gaze yeah. at a boob or a butt or something like that. It's not. Like, there's a whole section with new characters that they murder. Oh. Not yeah, it should have happened with, in part two, but whatever. We won't go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but it's not like with uh, some of the Friday the 13th movies where, you know, the main reason you watch those movies is for the gore. And like, I think, was it with uh, part seven, the MPA chopped the hell out of it. With that, that's different. This is like, literally, it's just a couple of scenes that are just so brief. And it, it is better with that gore, but not so much better. You know what I, what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not a make it or break it for the movie. Now comes the point in the episode where we rate the movie we just watched. As we are cults in cavalcade, we keep things nice and culty. Ratings are as follows. Stay with your family, which means, like, Toxie, you think Apocalypse Inc. is the right thing to do, and you have no interest in what Tromoville wants. Converted, which means you're like Claire, you're down with actually seeing the Earth. With your own eyes, having that surgery, or drinking the Kool-Aid, you are down with the devil. So, Jessica, how do you rate the Toxic Avenger Part Three: The Last Temptation of Toxie? Uh, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid, but I'm in the middle. I'm converted on Toxic Avenger Part Three. As long as you don't bother watching Part Two, maybe <laughs> save yourself the time, like you all said. <laughs> <laughs> Cullen. I felt like this was more fun. There's more of a 
cohesive story and it's just I believe I mentioned earlier it is kind of distracting just to kind of figure out what the movie was supposed to be because it really does seem like part two was they just pulled all the Japanese part which is clearly supposed to be the second act originally and they just built a whole movie around that whereas this one this feels like it's more of an actual movie there's not as much drowning narration you actually get to see some of the relationship with Toxie and Claire, which I think helps as crazy and as out there as Claire is. She's still supposed to be a major part of the, the movie, and she's barely in the second one. So it's good to see at least that character around and a little more important. And, and this is just one of those trauma movies where just weird shit happens. Like there's a... When Apocalypse Incorporated takes over the town, they, they make people have a vomit break. Ew. What the, what the <laughs> fuck is that? Like I can't... <laughs> and there's just all kinds of weird shit, like when the school bus is barreling towards this picnic, and they're showing people doing random fun things, and there's this one dude just picks up a pie and says, mmm, this is good pie. Like, why the fuck are we pointing out stuff? <laughs> like, shorten your movie! What are you doing? It's too long. But I, I will say, overall, I had a much better experience with this. They should have just made this part two and just been done with it. They wouldn't have made as much money, but I think in the long run, they would have had people keep coming back to them to keep making more of these instead of them being so spaced out. So uh, I say that I am converted on this. Skip part two. You don't need to see two at all. It adds dick to it. Every Japanese thing that's important to the movie, they talk about it. And that's it. Brandon, how do you rate The Toxic Avenger Part 3, The Last Temptation of Toxie? This one is so much better than the last one. It still has similar issues in places, but it's better at them, and they're not as bothersome. I felt like because this one had a cohesive narrative a bit bit more, I got what the plot was, even though it had so much irrelevant details added to it. There was a focus, and it's got a lot of dumb trauma stuff. Things feel tighter. It moved a bit more. Still felt a little long, but it worked enough. I like Toxie versus the devil. I like creatures around in the town. In the fight scene in the video store, we only had one real fight scene. It had four guys, and it was over. No exhaustion from last time. So I'm converted on this. It's a solid trauma movie. If you're a trauma fan, you'll get into it. I don't understand why this one seems to be much more hated than the second one. They're both not well liked from what I get, perusing around, seeing other opinions. But this one seems to have less fans, and I don't get it. I say jump over that second one. It's garbage. Come right here and watch the third one. It's fun enough. Things that were done well in the second one are still done well here, and the things they did bad are done better here. It's not perfect. It's not close to the first one. It's not even one of the best trashy movies ever, but it's a solid watch. Yeah, when they decided to make this in the two movies, it was just one day Lloyd Kaufman was just jogging. He was like, I've got so much footage. What are we going to do? And that's when he said, I know, two movies. (laughs) But why would Toxie work for Apocalypse, Inc.? If he was trying to destroy them in part two. It's a good angle, but they don't make it happen convincingly. They're almost there with the whole eye surgery thing, Mm -hmm. but it just makes Toxie look like a dumbass. Well, you mean the multiple hints throughout the whole movie that the chairman's the devil? (laughs) And considering in the previous movie, these were the people after him that were making the thing to kill him. They blew up the house for the blind. Yeah. He knows they did it. The devil was in the limo. And a garage. Right. And he and at the end of the first 
or the guy keep doing it at the end of the second movie apocalypse inc is run out of town he knows they're bad people why the i mean i mean i know he's desperate but it still seems weird that he would willingly work for and this evil corporation i know that lloyd kaufman hates yuppies but at the same time you get continuity makes it's kind of important i'd say <laughs> they drag my mom off oh well they seem swell. They seem like good people. I'm making some money. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. In, in, in the second one, they said, hey, we want to put these domes over because we'll destroy the ozone layer. And this one, they just want to enslave the town. What? Who let them back in? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't mean to, to burst your bubble here, uh, Apocalypse Incorporated, but um, slavery's been abolished in this country. <laughs> you can't. You can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, devil. There's a lot of rules they don't know about. I don't I don't know if you spent any time in law school, Satan, but that you can't do that anymore. The letter to Claire, now again, very beginning. I'm pretty sure the letter said dear blind person, but how could she have read that? <laughs> yes, yes. Or yeah, whoever. Right. And, and also, mm-hmm. a doctor sends this letter to them. That's mm-hmm. that's like cold calling people. How shitty is that doctor where he has to, like, send out mailers? Like, hey, you need eye surgery? Give me all the zip codes of the blind people. All those zips. The hot zips. (laughs) Send them my way. Yeah. Well, and then also, the doctor not only sends this letter out to people, but he sends it to a blind person. Yeah. Not not, no braille, just fucking typed out letter (laughs) to blind people. What a shitty doctor. (laughs) Even the dictionary guy would go around to houses, or was it encyclopedias? They tried to sell you those sets. Yep. Even they would go mm-hmm. to your house. Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. It or, happened once to our family. <laughs> oh, no way. Oh, they bought them all, A through Z. Didn't even waste time. My parents bought a set that was dated after two mm-hmm. years or mm-hmm. whatever. We had one. Do you remember that fucking kid in the white room at the desk with the glasses? Oh, fuck that guy. He was on Nickelodeon all the time. They bought stock in Nickelodeon. Like, <laughs> just wow. Yep, it's just some dweeb, like in the middle of an enormous white room with a desk. <laughs> just talking about encyclopedias. But how will you fight Apocalypse? How will I fight them? How will I fight them? How will I fight them? The old-fashioned way, that's how. Oh, no. On the next episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade, Jessica comes back for one more Toxic Avenger in Trome to conclude the event with Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger 4 from 2000. Thank you for letting us grumble through your ear holes as we are three quarters of the way through this, and thank you, Jessica, for showing up again. I love it. I'm in now. Gotta finish now. Uh, we look forward to next time. <laughs> Heard that before. Sorry. <laughs> we look forward to next time. But first, stay tuned for the trailer to Citizen Toxie, the Toxic Avenger 4, the trailer that actually trails. Fifteen years ago, a legend was born, idolized by every man. Desired by every woman, he's battled all forms of evil and won every time. And now he's returned to face his greatest enemy. 
listening to Cult Cinema Cavalcade, part of the Creative Zombie Studios Network. For press opportunities, advertising opportunities, and more information on Cult Cinema Cavalcade, contact mail at cultcinemacavalcade.com. Produced by Brad Shoemaker, edited by Brandon Peters, narration by Rebecca Peters. Theme song Pink Baby by Happy Elf appears courtesy of the freemusicarchive.org network. The film and music featured in this episode are part of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Join us again in two weeks for a new episode of Cult Cinema Cavalcade. Remember me? I'm the kid that had a report due on space. Then I got the new Encyclopedia Britannica. He had a report due on space, and then he got the new Encyclopedia... I think I made that abundantly clear. Um, yes. Anyhow, here it is. I mean, hey, everybody knows this is the greatest encyclopedia in the world. Help me get a B plus. Why not an A? Too long. I found so much great information, I put it all in. Overkill. Hmm.
The next report I did was for my science class on the human body. Look at all this great stuff. But this time I wised up and made it just the length my teacher asked for. Got a B minus. What? Just kidding. Scored an A. Uh, good. To find oh, out how you... Look at this. I always wondered where my mandibula was. Mm-hmm. To find out how you can own the new insect... We're studying the environment right now. Look at all this great stuff on ecosystems. Also, all you need to know about global warming, the greenhouse effect, the hole in the ozone, you know, all that cheerful stuff. Uh, yes. Say you so... want to check up on the Amazon rainforest and what's going on down there, we got to save this place. For details on how you can own the new Encyclopedia Britannica... Let's have that 800 number. Excellent. Just call this number and we'll send you this free booklet. Tell them about the gift. And just for previewing Britannica in your home, we'll give you this three-volume desk reference set. This is like having your own research library at home. Mm, yes. So if you would be interested in owning the new Encyclopedia Britannica... Don't press. They see the phone number. If they want to, they'll call. I guess you're right. Trust me.